0: everyone and welcome to another episode of in-depth with beth and seth the podcast from plymouth congregational church of minneapolis a time in which we take a deeper dive into what was talked about and shared and preached the sunday prior so today we're looking at what we heard on sunday may 2nd uh, where reverend Dwayne davis preached a sermon called stewards of finances the glory and purpose of our possessions Continuing on our theme of stewardship and preaching from Acts chapter 4, verses 32 through 35. My name is Beth Hoffman Faith. I am the Minister for Congregational Care and Worship at Plymouth. And as always, I'm joined by my delightful colleague and friend, Seth Patterson. Delightful?
1: Why, thank you. It is a delight. My name is Seth Patterson. And I am the Minister for Spiritual Formation and Theater. I think ever, I should just make sure everybody says it that way. Theater. theater. It is wonderful to be with you too, Beth. And a lot of things happened yesterday.
0: Yesterday was a big day. It at was Plymouth. a big
1: day. Yesterday was the first time that we did a church service on a Sunday morning since March 8th. 2020.
0: Well, that's not quite technically right. We did do a church service on Sunday, March 15th, but it was the first time we were recording. And I think by the next week we were recording on Thursday. We had that one Sunday where we recorded with nobody in the audience. Oh, that's right. Because we
1: shut everything down on Saturday. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't Mm -hmm. have been able to pre-record. Okay. So close. Very close.
0: A long time. It has been a long time since we've been in the sanctuary on a Sunday morning. And all of us, I think we're working to sort of try to get our groove back around that.
1: Yeah, there's still nobody in the room. (laughs) Uh, We live streamed it using a whole bunch of technology and things that our production manager, Cody Bordeaux. Thank you, Cody, Mm. has done to set up for us. He has worked unbelievably hard in order to get to yesterday. And so it was live streamed. We were speaking as people were listening, as opposed to pre-recording. And then after that, We then did a state of the church webinar. Again, nobody was in the room, but it was a conversation with the congregation about the state of the church about five, six weeks before we have our annual meeting, which is a great practice to have.
0: I think so too. This was something that Duane has been wanting to do. And you and I were really encouraging him to let's make it happen because I think it is important in all times, but particularly in this time of pandemic that we're able to share some of the behind the scenes work and planning and preparing and decision-making as we move through what we hope is the end of the pandemic. Still not over, and there's still lots to take into consideration, but the work of the church has continued, and there's important things to be engaged and involved in.
1: What struck me is at the beginning of the state of the church, Duane, in his uh, very introductory remarks, talked about what he has witnessed in his time here. And he said, in my four months here, and you know, in the way that time works in this very warped way right now, I couldn't believe he's only been with us for four months. I feel mm-hmm. like he's, we've, the three of us have been working together for a very long time already. <laughs> it was amazing. And he has seen and listened to a lot. In the in the first four months and yet has met almost nobody in person. It's a weird world.
0: I know. So, it- and that's a deep sadness, too. I know for him and for people that I talk to, everyone is just really waiting for the day uh, when uh, we can be together and pe- and Dwayne can be fully known and um, he can know others, too.
1: And we hope that if you are curious about any of these things, you can find a recording of the state of the church conversation on the Plymouth website uh, in midweek this week. It is not up today, but it should be tomorrow or Wednesday. And then you can see what we said.
0: Important stuff was said, important reports, and Duane answered some questions with an honesty I found quite refreshing. I have been saying to people that it's really a gift to hear some of the things he says as lead minister, things I've been waiting uh, to hear at Plymouth Church, grateful for his prophetic and deeply faithful voice.
1: He sees things very clearly. He's He uses that outside coming in vision really well. And that's and, such a gift.
0: Yes. And that is a gift of having a new member of the clergy team, a new person on church staff, someone who's coming in, bringing their own experience, but also looking at Plymouth with brand new eyes.
1: And loving eyes. They're, they're not critical.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They are witnessing beauty and complications, but not angrily judging either. This is what I see.
0: And he's very enthusiastic about Plymouth, and that came across many times, not only in his sermon yesterday, but certainly in his State of the Church address. And he said it. He articulated how enthusiastic he is about M4 Plymouth in this time. And that's helpful, too, because, Seth, I know you and I are, are weary Um, we've been (laughs) we've been moving through transition upon transition and in the years that we've been here and it hasn't been that many years but boy we've endured a lot in this last we've seen some stuff we have seen some things indeed and then enduring this long year plus now of a pandemic and figuring every system out in a new way i find it very refreshing and energizing myself as a member of the clergy team to have someone new come in and bring that enthusiasm and see things in a new way I'm grateful
1: and that is a great segue into the sermon
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: in that this sermon is also to echo what you just said something that I I didn't even know if I was waiting for somebody to say it but the but I was I was waiting for somebody to preach this sermon so let's set it up
0: let's talk about it so he talked
1: he started with acts 4. That is, I've heard you say something that it is a very important piece to you. Can you tell us about that.
0: In Acts four verses thirty two through thirty five, to me, this articulated vision of what the church is has always been motivating to me. In particular, the way that the text proclaims that possessions were shared and everybody had exactly what they need. For instance, Verse 34, there was not a needy person among them for as many as owned lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold. They laid it at the apostles' feet and it was distributed to each as any had need. I just believe, I vision, I hope for a church like this, that before anything else, we would come together in community and share so that everyone had exactly what they need needed. Dwayne, this is later in his sermon, but he says, you know, scholars have worked really hard to try to say around this text that this is an idealized version of the church. It's not possible or couldn't possibly be this way. And nobody
1: could be that sharing
0: and generous. And Dwayne doesn't buy that and neither do I. I do believe that the church could be this kind of church. Yeah,
1: I'm with you. And I do think that it very well looked that way that this was not trying to sell somebody something but this was true but unfortunately we are it's so easy to to view things from a 20th century 21st century capitalistic and and multiple multiple stories of people abusing that kind of generosity in, in which then we all become a little bit cynical about things when people have laid things at the feet of not apostles, but leaders, and then that's been taken advantage of.
0: Well, and Duane led with this incredible story, true story (laughs) of Plymouth's past that I am guessing many congregation members listening didn't know anything about, certainly didn't remember parts of the story. And that is that one of our church buildings was burned down by arson. And not long after that, the minister serving the church died in a tragic way, and the building was in ruins. There was nothing left.
1: Creditors were knocking.
0: Exactly. And suddenly Plymouth had been foreclosed upon. And we now, all these years later, looking at our grand fortress of a church building on Franklin and Nicolet, sitting on millions of dollars in an endowment, probably can't imagine what it was like for those... Church members who really literally had lost everything in that fire. There's no
1: insurance. If it was gone, it was gone. It's interesting to me that we love to tell the story right before that of the firing of the first minister to hire this Nichols that you just mm-hmm. mentioned. But we we don't remember that shortly thereafter, somebody burned the church down and then he died. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's substantiated, but the understanding is that the reason that it was lit on fire was due to the church holding a very strong temperance policy in a town full of saloons, and they didn't like that.
0: Right. So the urban legend like is it. that it was the, the saloon owners that burned down the church, and that Plymouth, therefore, had a choice. They could have folded. The congregation could have walked away. There were other churches forming, but they didn't. Instead, as Duane preaches, what did they do? They brought together what they had. They made sure everybody had enough.
1: He quotes uh, somebody named Dave Kenny saying, their finances were in shambles. Plymouth had fallen behind on their payments on the site of their incinerated church home. Their creditors had foreclosed. They now had little beyond their faith to suggest they constituted a viable congregation.
0: Hmm. All they have So is faith. what does that story mean for us today? Here we are in 2021, living through a pandemic, moving into a cycle in which we have to talk hard about budgets, and programs, and ministries, and what can we afford and what can we not? What do we do with our tremendous amount of wealth? Who to me, this
1: is essential. Who can we afford and who can we not?
0: Right. How do we share what we have? I don't know. There's so many questions for me risen in this idea around stewardship. Of course, this is our theme through this season of Easter, being stewards. That means to care for something, not in an obligatory way, but out of a sense of of love and compassion. How do we care for what is not ours, but has been given to us? And that was another really important piece that Duane actually stated in the state of the church address in response to a question, yeah, in which he said, you know, with so much emphasis and, and passion that all that we have in this church, it's not ours. We are called to be stewards of what we have been given. And we have been given so much, so much. I mean, just look at our building, what we're able to do out of our building. We are in a place of abundance, not scarcity. So how how do we be good stewards of what we have?
1: And how do we do so in contrast to the world around us, to what the world teaches us? And he speaks of this also in the context of Acts 4. And he, he says, their fellowship called them to the vocation of stewardship, whereby joining and giving are embodied faithfully, rather than the taking, hoarding, and profiteering that characterized temple and imperial economic practices, which we certainly could say now hoarding, scarcity, accumulation by a few. That's still the case. And so how do we operate otherwise? How do we not fall into doing as the imperial culture of our time tries to make us do.
0: And so we have an opportunity to do that as a congregation, as we move in towards the annual meeting, which is happening June 13th, where the congregation will need to approve a budget that speaks to our values, we hope. And I hope that the congregation will become very involved in the review and asking questions around what our money values and does it match our purposes of the church? what's missing.
1: And as I've heard Duane say, as we both heard him say many times, this is not an ambitious budget. This is a budget just to do what we do. This is not a budget to grow, to expand, to be visionary or imaginary. It is just to basically do what we do or what we've said we will do.
0: Right. And fortunately, Duane is not interested in veiling our finances in secrecy. You know, People really do need to be engaged and understand how Plymouth spends money, where Plymouth holds money, how Plymouth manages wealth, uh, where our, our wealth resides, making important decisions about how to care for this building and the properties that surround it, which Plymouth owns. How do we make good decisions? How do we be stewards of that which we have been given? Not which we have, but what we've been given our gifts. It's an important question.
1: It is. And it, and it, What I love about the question is that forces us, if you really engage in it, to live in a place of gratitude, because it turns the whole thing. It's not merely a, oh no, how do we do this? Let's make a decision. How do we strategize? How do we do these things? Rather, it's saying, wow, I am grateful to be in this community that has this, that is living in this. That's the starting point is gratitude and that is so refreshing.
0: And opportunities abound for what we can do with what we have been given. That's the exciting part. You know, we, we could argue day and night about a line item in the budget that seems to be too high or too low or or whatever, but I'd rather spend good energy talking about what we could do, who we could serve with what we have been gifted.
1: We have so much potential. We talked about this as soon as the state of the church meeting was over, the three of us, about the great potential that we're sitting on. I often use the analogy in conversations that we're just bouncing on the diving board. We haven't dived, divin, doved, whatever that (laughs) verb is, off it yet, but we are bouncing and preparing. In a conversation this morning with people, they talked about how the old box of Plymouth was starting to bust at the seams, that there were bulges in it of growth and opportunity and purpose and meaning that just we have to break out of it. Mm. And, And there's so much potential. We just have to live it.
0: We do. So we certainly welcome you if you are listening to get involved, pay attention, read the budget when it's presented, ask good questions about it, wonder along with us what we might do with the wealth that we have been gifted and how we truly are good stewards at Plymouth Congregational Church.
1: What a way to end. That was lovely. (laughs) Thank you for your wise words, Beth Hoffman Faith.
0: Thank you for sharing this time with me, Seth Patterson. It's always Always. good to be with
1: you. And you all, thank you for taking some time out of your day and listening to us talk to each other. It's a joy for us. (laughs) (laughs) Have a good week.